Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Well, this week we've heard again about problems with repeat offenders and the impact it's having on our streets and our communities. A coalition of businesses and organizations are demanding the provincial government do more to improve public safety. They want to see something done to curb the shoplifting and the vandalism they say they're plagued with. Meanwhile, that bail reform bill that BC has pushed hard for with the federal government is slowly being dealt with in the Senate, and senators have expressed concern over tougher bail restrictions. That is just one of the issues that we are going to talk about with Attorney General Nikki Sharma, along with an update on the Intimate Images Protection Act. Attorney General Nikki Sharma joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Simi. Let's start with the Intimate Images Protection Act. Now, that comes into force here in early 2024, but we're already seeing some kind of push, like there's more, there's more kind of organizations pushing back against us because we saw this case down in in Oregon as well, didn't we? Yeah, the case in Oregon was uh, repulsive, atrocious, and my heart goes out to those young girls that were taken advantage of by this 37-year-old man in the States. It's unfortunately just uh, one example of something that we know is happening to a lot of young people. They're getting taken advantage of through these extortion and being forced to do things that um, they they should never be forced to do. Right, And, and it's just definitely a serious issue. And these were three youths here in B.C., but this was an American person. Will the act help in cases like this? Yeah, the act is, is set up. We're, we're transforming the justice system to respond to this type of issue. So if young people come forward and they want, to, they want their image taken down quickly or they want to go after a person that is threatening them in this way, they can seek an online, it's an online platform that will be launched in January. They can seek an order from our courts to get them down and then all these things kick in for them to be able to go after that person or the platform to take those images down. It, it's meant to complement the, the criminal justice system because clearly, like in the case in Oregon, criminal charges were very warranted in that this situation. Right, and that was a case that originated here. Like that was Comox Valley RCMP that first received the report on that, right? That's right, and and it just is, a, I think, we, all, we have to send the message to all parents and all young people that, don't be taken advantage of this way and then it's not your fault and don't suffer in silence to come forward because there's people to help you. I know one of the young people spoke to a counselor at school and I think it's just so important that we all understand that um, children are facing, young people are facing this type of thing online and we need to be there to support them. Okay, and when does that act come into effect? Um, we are going to be launching in January, um, so a few months from now. Right. Okay. So I'm sure we'll be talking to you again because it's important to get the word out. Um, in the meantime, can we also talk about what we saw this week? We've got this coalition of businesses and organizations who are saying the provincial government needs to do more on the issue of public safety. Like, what did you think about that? Uh, well, yeah, public safety is very important. I hear from British Columbians like across. Uh, the province, and in fact, the country when I travel, that there's a, a rise in, in street disorder and crime, and it's concerning. And that's why when I became attorney general, it's been my top priority to do a whole range of things and work with my colleagues 
to do so. And one of them is bail reform. Um, I've been advocating the federal government to make sure that we have better tools when it comes to repeat violent offenders to keep them detained instead of causing harm to communities. And I, I was the only minister in the country, in fact, to speak at the Senate committee to say um, we want this type of reform to happen quickly. Um, and we're hopeful that it will in the next little while, but we'll keep at it. But it's not the only thing we're doing. We're investing in frontline resources on the ground to help um, to help make a difference. And so, you know, I'm 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 always happy, along with everybody in government, to work with people that are concerned about this, that may have ideas, and and we uh, we need to address this problem for sure. Were you concerned about some of the questions that you got from the senators in regards to this this bill? They didn't they didn't seem to like some of the provisions, particularly about the reverse onus situation. Um, yeah, I welcomed questions because it helped, gave me a chance to explain what our perspective is on this. We think that uh, the bill strikes the right balance is what we're saying. Everybody's innocent until proven guilty, but in certain circumstances where somebody has showed repeated violence, intimate partner violence, use of weapons has caused harm to communities, then the onus should shift to say, well, this person should be held unless there's a good reason for them to be released. And we think that that balance is the right balance and it helps improve, it would help to improve community safety in the end. Are you concerned about potential amendments that the Senate might suggest for the House of Commons? Um, I'm concerned about one in particular um, that's about intimate partner violence. Uh, I've been advocating for um, that. We know that when when there is intimate partner violence and past intimate partner violence, it can be the most dangerous time for a woman fleeing because there's a threat of heightened violence. So if somebody's before a court for intimate partner violence and they've done it in the past, we believe that the onus should shift there too. So they should be held unless there's a good reason to release them. And I, I know that there's questions in the Senate whether or not that will be removed from the bill. And it's something that I'll be definitely advocating for. Right. So are you concerned then? Are, like, are you still hopeful that this bill is going to make it through and soon? Um, I'm hopeful and we'll, we'll keep at it. I, I mean, I, like I said, I spoke at the Senate when I had a chance. We've been speaking to senators. I've been in touch with Mr. Varani about that. I've received assurances that it's going to move quickly, but I'm really hopeful that it will. And we'll keep at it in the meantime. Is it has it been a bit frustrating though? Um, yeah, that, it was frustrating. I thought when we led the charge last year, when they said that they would move it last spring and it would be passed last spring, we had the delay to come to this fall. So that definitely has been um, frustrating. That delay. Um, we know that people are asking for these types of reforms and that it's needed on the ground. Um, but we we haven't stopped in terms of our own investments and the things that we have in our control to do. Um, so we've invested in repeat offenders uh, task force, which 12 hubs across this province that are right now Crown Council, police officers, probation officers that are fully resourced to address the most violent offenders in our system to make sure that we're focusing on them and making sure communities are safe. So we're still doing stuff while we're waiting for this bill reform, but we know that that's an important piece of it. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. No problem. Thanks for having me. That's Nikki Sharma, the Attorney General of British Columbia, talking about a couple of different areas involving British Columbians, particularly 
the bail reform issue. This is something that BC has pushed hard for. Uh, Premier David Eby has raised it in Ottawa multiple times. Attorney General Nikki Sharma has gone to Ottawa uh, to push for this. She answered questions from senators because that is where the bill is right now in front of the Senate and is hoping that they were convinced, you know, to, to make those changes that BC feels are absolutely necessary to help improve the public safety issue. So it is under Senate review right now, Bill C-48, and some senators, as you heard, have been expressing concerns about uh, the, the bail reform issue, who that might disproportionately affect. But BC feels like they have put safeguards in place on this, but they said something needs to be done. So the federal government, the liberal government, the Trudeau government says they support this, but we'll see what happens, still waiting for it to get through these final last few hurdles before it becomes law. And of course, we will be keeping track of that.